This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Welcome. This is Little Pot of Joy, the podcast show with Andrea and Alice. Our community is made up of so many amazing, diverse groups of people, as are the programs on Joy 94.9. There is something for everyone. A Little Pot of Joy is where we highlight just some of these amazing programs. This week on A Little Pot of Joy, we are broadcasting from Andrea's hospital room because Andrea is in the hospital but did not want to miss a week of A Little Pot of Joy. So her dedication is bringing this episode from the hospital to you listeners. I really don't have a comeback for that one. You say, yes, my beautiful listeners. <laughs> Just a minor procedure. And actually, the both of us thought it would be so much more fun producing this from the hospital. Coming up first, we have a Community Highlights podcast from Morning Joy with Gordon Wilson. Gordon speaks with Brigadier David Alfrey, MBE of the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo, about what the audience can expect from their performance next February and a little bit about the origins. So if you missed the community highlights, podcasts are available for download from the Joy website, joy.org.au. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Every year, the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo is a must-watch program on TV in Australia, usually on New Year's Day. Now, it's just been announced that the Royal Edinburgh Military Tattoo will be coming to Melbourne here next year in February and will be at the Etihad Stadium. And in the studio, I have with me Brigadier David Alfrey, MBE. He is the current director of the tattoo and to tell us a little of the history of the tattoo and why he is in Melbourne. Brigadier Alfrey, welcome to Joy 94.9. Thank you so much. I'm really privileged to be here. Can you tell me what's the meaning of the word tattoo to start with? Well, tattoo comes from uh, from the 17th and 18th century. We mm-hmm. used to have uh, British mercenaries stationed in the Low Countries in the Netherlands yeah. fighting a variety of, of wars for a variety of people and a variety of causes. And every night the soldiers would go downtown to enjoy themselves in the local hostelries and so forth and you had to get them back to barracks in a reasonable state. So a drum used to go downtown. He would play a drum tap, and the drum tap that he played was known in the old Dutch as Dodem Tap 2, uh-huh. uh, which meant quite literally turn off the taps. The innkeepers would turn off the spy bear, soldiers would come bored, and they would wander back to their barracks. So that is the, uh, that's the, the derivation of where we brought the show. So it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a, from, a, from the Dutch we get tattoo. Absolutely. Ta- in fact, the tattoos in Holland are still called Tap 2. Oh, so right. uh, so that said, we've been running for 66 years now, from the 40s. That's right, yeah. And uh, it started very small, but it's sort of grown and grown and grown. <laughs> it has, rather. I mean, it's the, the Lord Provost. You can imagine Edinburgh was full of um, the deprivations at the end of the Second World War. Rationing mm. was still in place. And the Lord Provost and the local military commander got together in the 40s and said, can we put on a show that entertains and inspires? And uh, from that, we've now grown to this. And I have to say, to come here to Melbourne and stand in the middle of the Etihad, Stadium on that very, very expensive grass and look up at, at the roof. My goodness me, hasn't the tattoo come a long way? I mean, just wonderful. Yes, because we've had tattoos here in Melbourne before. Um, I can remember one way back in the yeah, 60s. In the, se- in the 70s, 70s, absolutely. Yeah. Used to be, used to have your own tattoo here. Yeah, yeah. They, I did. I saw one in Adelaide. I remember I went to Adelaide with a friend and saw the one over there. And then, then they had one here in Melbourne. I'm, I think it was... 79-ish. In Rod Laver Arena, I have yes, a Yes, I'm feeling. sure that's right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the genre is... is 
is um, it's well travelled, and there are a number of sort of tattoos around the mm. world. None um, of them are as good as Edinburgh. Well, I, I you know, I would say that, wouldn't <laughs> I? Sort of, you know, we're bound to be the best, but it, uh, I hope so. How long does it take you to sort of get a show like this going? It couldn't. It's just not that you finish this year and go for next year. You must do no. it years and years in advance. We, we we tend to run or we tend to plan three shows or three years at the same time. We're trying to, to keep ourselves out three years, and in fact, we're presently looking at shows right out to twenty twenty. This particular uh, project has been um, talked about now and worked through for, for some four years. And what makes us very different from um, a rock band, a rock band, you, you, I say you simply, you ring up an agent, you book the act, you pay your money, you get the stadium, you get the sound and lights, and, and away you go. The tattoo, of course, has to negotiate with the government to lend us their armed forces in one shape or another. So it does take a little bit of time to work that through. Well, that's one of the things I was sort of thinking about because most of all these um, people that are performing or at the tattoo are actually trained soldiers ready for war, aren't they? So you really don't know who's going to be where. <laughs> well, you don't know you do when they're going involved in a war at the That's time. That's right, yes. Yeah. So you really have to be very... It's, it's one of those things that you really have to to look at. Well, we, we do. And, um, you know, take my regiment, for example. You know, the Royal Scots Dragoon Guards. All of our soldiers are tank crewmen, uh, first and foremost. They happen to be great pipers and drummers after that. Some of our soldiers are professional musicians and, and uh, frankly, they can sort of play with the very best orchestras anywhere in the world. But we also have the civilian components to these tattoos. Mm. And, you know, the military notion is now thoroughly stretched because, of course, military represent and are representative of the civil society from where they come. So it's very important we have that crossover and the mm. linkage as well. And, and, of course, the logistics is a, a huge problem as well. You've got to get these people to these different places. Well, you've got to bring them from overseas. Like I know I know the Melbourne uh, Police Pipe Band, I think, yes. has performed at Edinburgh. Yes, indeed. And you've so that you've got to get them to be there. And then you've, then you've got to find feed, com- them, feed them, accommodate them, them and exactly that. Yeah. Um, and, and also give them a great time because you know all work and, and no play makes Jack a, a dull boy and you know when our pipes and drums travel around the world it's really important they not only you know are challenged by the performance and deliver a great performance but they've also got to enjoy themselves yeah and I because I, I, I just love the pipes and drums when they come out of that castle keep it's just <laughs> oh it's just mind-blowing. Well, it, it is, and as you know, the, 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 the Great Highland Bagpipe is a sort of extraordinary instrument. Mm. Um, it can be played badly, it can be played beautifully, and in order for it to sound great, everybody in the band, that's 250 musicians, have all got to be tuned exactly the same. Mm. The tone has got to be right. Will there be any of the Australian Armed, forms, armed Forces in the programme? Um, unquestionably, mm. and um, we're very much looking forward to that. The Armed Forces from here, um, the, the Defence Force have been extraordinary in, in helping us to bring this together. We've got both military musicians um, who are playing, obviously, in military bands, but also pipes and drums as well. Oh, good. Uh, thoroughly looking forward to seeing them play. Yeah, I, I, and will they have to put uh, something down on the grass? I know you go to build, a, I read in the promo that you go to build a castle. We are going to build a castle, exactly, and, and, and a sort of one-to-one scale model, which I think will be astonishing. It's A, going to be very wide and very mm, tall. Mm. But no, we're going to play it on grass. And that's, again, a, an extraordinary um, challenge for the servicemen because when you're marching, you can normally hear your, your heels that's right. striking the tarmac. Mm. So uh, it, it's a much more difficult on grass. You've got to be much more precise. And what about the, the piper, the final piper? Where yeah, the lone is piper. He, has he going to be up on the top of the roof? <laughs> well, or I think he'll be well up in the stands. And oh, I think, right. as you suggest, the lone piper is an iconic part of the oh, show. God, yes, and, uh, yes, yes. Everybody's sort of very much waiting for that moment of, of poignancy and, and I think that'll be great fun. And they always have such a brilliant piper. They do and in fact there's, he is there's, so good. Yeah, there's very strict rules. Mm. The director mm. of Army Bagpipe Music will select that individual and there's a, there's a great amount of sort of moustache combing and, 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 and thought goes into that person. He's very pressured playing mm. a solo in front of that many people. Oh yeah and, and the, 
the crowd there is what is about three thousand, isn't it? The, the in Edinburgh, we have about eight thousand eight hundred every right. every mm-hmm. night, so two hundred twenty thousand across the season. Yeah, a big television audience, of course. Oh, so, but here, what's exciting about here is the Etihad will take thirty thousand people. So yep. this is this is going to be an extraordinary adventure here. Well, they're going to be playing in front of a huge crowd, aren't they? They certainly they're, are, they'll, and uh, they'll really have to pick their feet up off yeah, the grass. Yeah, they, they will absolutely <laughs> have to do that. Look, David Orfrey, thank you very much for coming in and telling us a bit about what's going to be happening here. And it's I'll better tell the people the date. The date is going to be the 12th and 13th of February. That's correct. The Friday night. Yeah, and, and then two, there's two, there's two shows, shows on, on the Saturday. Saturday. It's a lot of effort for just three shows, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think it'll work. I mean, I've said that I hope that this show will entertain, inspire, and be remembered for a generation, and I think there's a real possibility of that. Well, I, for one, will be there. I can assure you of that. Well, we look forward to seeing Probably you. the Friday night, I Yeah, think, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, thank you once again very much for coming in, and I know you're a very busy man. You've got plenty to do, so I will let you get on your way. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thank you. Joy. Up next from Wet Spot, the fabulous Sarah, one of our favourite Joy 94.9 presenters, joins Sammy in the studio to present their interview with the amazing Mary Lambert. They talk about her journey, her new album, Heart on My Sleeve, and even give you a taste of it. And if you just can't listen to the show live, again, you can download the podcast from the Joy website, joy.org.au, or the iTunes store. And this is a really incredible interview and a great episode overall, so definitely go back and listen to it. Definitely worthwhile listening to the entire podcast. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. I'm not a slut, I just love love. In the wet spot this evening with Sammy, and I'm really super excited because one of my favourite Joy women is back in to play with me, the good Sarah. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> we uh, we got the chance a couple of weeks ago to have the most amazing conversation with one of our favourite women in the world, Mary Lambert, mm-hmm. and uh, we were a bit like giggly schoolgirls at the time, weren't we? It was bad. <laughs> it was was it was a hormone fest. It was badly. <laughs> now we were really lucky because uh, Mary Lambert gave us a huge amount of time to actually be able to talk to us not only um, about her journey but to talk to us about some really important music that she's done and the influences that she has had on women around the world by being an out loud, proud, beautiful bodied woman to talk about herself, her body image, mental illness and everything. Absolutely. You are on Joy 94.9 with Sammy and Sarah and we are beyond excited because one of the most amazing women that we've admired and followed for many years is joining us on the line, Mary Lambert. It's an honour to have you. Welcome to Joy. Hi. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Joy 94.9 is Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station and both Sarah and I are massive fans and admirers of your work and we're so honoured to be able to have this chat with you. Oh my gosh, I'm honoured to have a chat with you. I mean, I can't believe that this is my life. <laughs> I really can't. I mean, it's not... Because that's the really cool thing about how I imagined my career to be or my life to be. It was not just, oh, I want to have songs on the radio or, I, you know, I want to be on a record label or I want to do these shows. It was, I want to do that, but with social messaging about things that I care about and that will hopefully impact other people. So I've been able to embody everything I've ever wanted and I get to 
live in a really cute house, like, in the woods, and I have a really great girlfriend, and I'm just like, my life is too cool. <laughs> Mary, we, as Sammy said, we have been enjoying your stuff for quite a while yet, so we're super excited to have a new album out, but I just wanted to step back in time a little bit and just kind of your tracks really going right back to the first things you ever released have been really deeply personal and they you really don't seem to hold back any life event from the public gaze at all and I feel like the new album kind of embraces that as well. Have you ever had any doubts about putting everything on the line like that? I don't know any other way but to be vulnerable. I've never been able to live my life without vulnerability. I think what it is is I have an insatiable need for connection to other people and to me the best way to achieve connection is through empathy and the best way to achieve empathy is vulnerability and so when two parties can come to the table and be their vulnerable selves that's when real honest connection happens so I guess my intention with music is to have the continuity of that vulnerability within pop music and I want my music to be a friend and be helpful you know not just it's not just about my career what propels me you know financially or something I mean that's all uh, bonuses for sure but that's the intention and I'm very grateful that I get to do what I do and the way that I get to do it I feel very lucky we found so much with your music that also too it's very very biographical and the fact that spoken word has been so important to you and you've brought that forward with you on your journey in the music has just been absolutely amazing personally for me body love is just such a touching and a vulnerable way of you being able to express who you are and and show to so many women in the world including those that identify as trans that you just love yourself for who you are yeah absolutely i'm so glad I also, I was commenting to Sammy just a moment ago that in the video for that, you've got not only, you know, all kinds of cast of characters and body shapes and dancers and actors and whatnot, but you're in that as well. And there are these moments that, you know, when you talk about touching your body and you're actually doing it and just the, not only the vulnerability, but the the kind of guts that it would take to put that out there is, is pretty remarkable. And yeah, beautiful that it continues to carry through your work now too. I really appreciate that. I mean, uh, to me, Bobby Love is one of my proudest moments as an artist, and I was so happy to do that video. And there are some things I wish that could be different. I would love to have cast a, a trans woman as well, but I think it did get a diverse group of people that I wanted. But that's been one of my main messages that I care so much about. Because we talk about, you know, I, I, love, I feel really passionately about talking about destigmatizing mental illness and gay rights, poor body images of white that epidemic that I, I think that I think can be cured. I think it's, it's a curable problem, you know, and I, I'd like to be a part of the solution. What was it for you, like, the you know, like the first time you heard, because the spoken word stuff is something that a lot of people haven't heard, but for me, I was so knocked off my feet when I first heard that. Absolutely, and, like, I'm not particularly... It's not something I don't listen to a lot of spoken word. I don't have a f- huge familiarity mm. with it. So you see this track and you go, mm, I don't know about this. When you listen to it, and it just captivated me straight away. Mm. And I think, particularly as a bigger woman, like that specific track has a lot to say to me. But I think, as a woman in general, like I don't think it matters who you are. That message about you are worth more than who you fuck. You are mm. worth more than your waistline. I. I 
the skinniest women I know is still that something that's in their head. So I think that that's so powerful and something that people don't say at all, let alone let's put it on an album and, and put it on the radio or, yeah. I'm going to put the YouTube clip up for, for Body Love on the Wet Spot Facebook page. You, you know, we spoke to her about the film clip for that and it is extremely empowering. It is. And to see her particularly, you know, and her genuinely beautiful body, which has been so derided mm. in her personal life and also a little bit in the press, and she really, she genu- she says, touch your body, and she touches it, you know, and just the, f- like, she seems so free about it as well and so um, uninhibited about it, even in front of a camera. And for me, that's just, that's incredible. Like, I would not be able to pull that off. <laughs> um, those of us who have been listening to your music for a long time will know the spoken word, and like Sammy and I, as, I, as we've said, really appreciate its presence on this, you know, kind of new, more poppy-sounding album. A lot of people and a lot of our listeners will have heard you first, though, of course, on Same Love. And I love that there's also a bit of that history coming through with the track that you've done with Angel Hayes and K-Flay as well. And yet it still sounds so very much like Mary Lambert, even their contributions to that track. I'm so glad. Yeah, I felt like the album feels very diverse in nature, and that's one of my favorite tracks on the album. I got I got a lot out in that track. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you found that uh, for you as an artist, uh, that as you've moved forward, that bringing more of a pop sound to your music has allowed those of us like Sarah and I that have followed your journey for a while now, but including a pop-style sound with some of your work has allowed you to sort of be a little bit more visible to the more mainstream and opened up who you are to many more people? That was exactly the intention. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a politician and I wanted to go into legislature because I wanted to make a change. And then as I I was, uh, I got my bachelor's actually in music and had decided to be a music teacher because I was like, well, that's a good way to help impact the world is like through teaching because you can mold, you know, mold my, mold the next generation. And as I was applying to graduate school to be a teacher, I, I I got the call to do same love and it seemed very apparent that oh okay this is this is the path it's you know laid out in front of me and i realized that the most tangible way to impact the world is through pop culture no one gives a shit about you know legislature <laughs> really, they care about they care about like you know who's on the red carpet and what dresses people are wearing so if i can if i can worm my way into the radio and create change that way then i've succeeded yeah and you can magnify your impact a hundredfold really thousandfold probably exactly <laughs> absolutely and we've seen that magnification yeah. with the release and the huge impact that secrets has had in pop culture and being played on you know all around the world the film clip is just extraordinary and both sarah and i every time we watch it get an ultimate giggle when you jump out of the closet and and declare your sexuality it's just it really puts in a huge impact that of all of the story of you that you're telling in one song yeah <laughs> it's all there which is fun because I feel like in a lot of the work that I do it's like focused on like talking about domestic violence and then I go to an event and I just talk about gay rights when really like I'm an encompassing like walking social conscious person like <laughs> there's so much that I, you know I mean we're all complex right but I, I think I don't know if there's a lot of space for complex individuals or complex thoughts on the radio or in mainstream media and so that's been the intention as from the beginning to show that you can be complex and you don't have to be 2D to be digestible. You can be all of those things and be great fun at the same time.
There's one particular thing when uh, she talks about, you know, when she used to work in a bar and, you know, one of them is about, you know, her showing them how she made drinks and everything. And But the thing that the, the particular clip that touched me so much is she, she talks about, um, about how she cries. Mm. Every day she cries about something and, you know, it, it's so cathartic and so soul-cleansing. And I think as women are sometimes, you know, even to each other we see it as a sign of weakness. Mm. But to have somebody just so amazing to talk about who she is as a woman and particularly as a queer woman and say you know you have to own your emotions you have to own your feelings and say well if you feel like crying you go and have a cry because damn you're going to feel good afterwards (laughs) exactly and you know she has she's very specifically in touch with how she feels and she's not afraid to let that out and that's part of you know she talks about being bipolar and all those things it's part of her strategy to deal with her illness Mm. i think it's a good strategy for managing yourself if you are a human being really is to actually pay attention to how you feel and not try and deny that Mm. um and to be willing to say i'm just gonna go and bore my eyes out for a second and the world will be so much better afterwards because it it generally i know um for you just quickly as we wrap up you know what's the biggest thing that's that's touched you for mary just being this out proud queer beautiful bodied woman um I've always been a massive fan of Mary's because her life and mine have so many parallels. She comes from, you know, the Pentecostal church. I come from the Evangelical church. And, um, you know, Secrets is about being able to say, I'm not holding anything back anymore. Mm. It is about the joy of coming out, but it is also about the joy of, you know, even in queer community being honest about who you are. And I think that that message is the reason why I started doing radio um, and the reason why I still do radio is that the value of being able to put ourselves on the line and our stories on the line is absolutely immeasurable and the fact that she's a woman who is so much like me and looks like me and has an incredible voice and is as hot as hell <laughs> um, I can't yeah, I can't think of anything better than that I, I have absolutely nothing to add because <laughs> I, I, I think you've well and truly nailed it on head Sarah thank you so much for coming in again and, and uh, you know, for our listeners out there who messaged me last time about how much you've enjoyed having Sarah on the wet spot, there is a possibility she may sort of come back and visit. Drop you know, by from time to drop time. Drop by from time to time. Add a little vanilla into the show. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. You're not that. You've been with Sammy and Sarah and the gorgeous, most amazing Mary Lambert here on Joy 94.9. You're on Joy 94.9 and this is A Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Now, next we have a podcast from the Brecky Bears. This year is the first year that the Mooney Valley City Council has thrown a big Ida Hobbit celebration. Mooney Valley Deputy Mayor Cam Nation dropped by the Brecky Bears and talked to Big Bear Mark himself and Carly about the Mooney Valley LGBTI action plan and the rainbow stories in the valley. Cam Nation is Mooney Valley's youngest elected independent councillor and when he was elected he got the biggest primary vote so it's really nice to see a younger voice from the council coming out to speak to us and I mean he is a bit of a politician isn't he Andrea but he's a very nice guy and he's got a great message to share if you can't listen to the show live download the podcast from the joy website www.joy.org.au forward slash brecky bears or the itunes store this is a little pot of joy 
the podcast program. It's a bit of a party in the studio right now with Car- Carly. <laughs> Carly. <laughs> always a party when it's, I'm around. It's always a party with Carly. And not only that, but we're having a bit of a party because we've also got the Deputy Mayor of Mooney Valley, the councillor at Cam Nation. How are you going, Cam? I'm uh, I'm very good and happy to join the party, Mark. Uh, well, you know, you've got some um, a bit of cred behind you because apparently you were the youngest ever councillor in Mooney Valley City Council history. And did am I right in thinking you also got the biggest primary vote in the history as well? I've done your research, ah. yes, yes, yes. I'm very impressed. Um, yeah, look, I'm the, the youngest ever independent uh, councillor to be elected to Mooney Valley City Council, which was a, a little bit of a surprise when I was elected. And it was back in October 2012 and I'd put my hand up to sort of give, uh, I guess, the younger younger community of Mooney Valley a bit of a voice mm. and um, and top the primary vote count. So it was first elected. So it was a, a bit of a surprise, but also at the same time a bit of a responsibility because people obviously had faith in me do uh, do what they wanted. So, um, yeah, it's been – it was an honour, but it's been a responsibility as well that I'm uh, happy to keep fighting for the causes of the residents. Yeah, Excellent. Fantastic. Now, we're here to talk about a few things, but we're actually going to talk about LGBTIQ issues in Mooney Valley today. Uh, there's a few things happening. Now, this week, obviously, at, uh, the 17th is Idaho Day, and Mooney Valley's celebrating. Tell us how they're celebrating, Cam. Yeah, this is this, look, this is a real first for the municipality. We've had a, a diversity, access and equity policy, which has been around for quite some time, and that, that's really focused on the disabled members of our community and um, the multicultural members of our community and being sort of in that area close to inner city Melbourne and we've got quite a large Sudanese population and so forth. We've always been very big on the uh, on the multicultural aspect and trying to, to integrate and support those somewhat marginalised members of our community. This year has been the first time we've introduced an LGBTIQ action plan as part of that policy and that's basically to also look at how we can support members of the LGBTIQ community and about middle of last year we got together a reference group. We asked local community members to come on board and uh, and just give us some feedback and let us know what difficulties that difficulties that had within the municipality and just some ideas about what would make them feel a little bit a little bit more welcome uh, in mm. our city and so and that's led to obviously the launch of our LGBTIQ uh, action plan which is out for consultation. What is happening around the action plan for Mooney Valley? So the action plan is an iteration of our reference group and as I mentioned before our reference group brought together uh, nine or ten members of the local LGBTIQ community and we just asked them for ideas be them small be them large about how Mooney Valley can be a more tolerable and an acceptive uh, place for people to to work and people to live and people to engage with their fellow community members so they've come up with this quite extensive list of ideas and as I said some small some some big and they they range from things like small celebrations and events raising awareness in the community public displays and recognition and and as you mentioned before Mark that includes flying during midsummer we flew the rainbow flags and in Iber Hobbit Day coming up this Sunday on the 17th of May we'll also be flying those flags 
flags. And I do tell a funny story that I've told a few people during midsummer up at a few of the flagpoles at one of our major roundabouts. We started flying the rainbow flags a week out, yeah. and I had a, a resident, a resident email me and uh, and and basically say, look, Cam, uh, I think that there's been a little bit of vandalism that's gone on throughout the municipality. Yeah. Someone's actually gone up on two of the flagpoles and put up the uh, the, the rainbow flags, and, <laughs> and they go they go look. This is possibly the best vandalism I've ever seen. So can we at least leave them up for the week? And then, oh. I, and, then and then I had to get back to the resident. I said, hey, we actually did that. <laughs> I know you haven't seen the rainbow flags flying around Moon Valley before, but that was us, and we're just taking some small small little steps to uh, to uh, make the area more inclusive. And they they were just absolutely gobsmacked that hang on, um, you know, I can drive into the municipality after work and see a rainbow flag flying and know that hey, our, our council is actually recognising me. You know, I'm, the yeah. council the council is actually taking little steps to um, to actually make me feel accepted. And uh, and that that was a really positive story just from a tiny little thing, putting one mm. flag up on a flagpole, and those flagpoles will advertise any event we've got going on. It's um, it's just a small thing, but um, but yeah, it is just things that might be really minor like that that for someone who might be feeling a little bit ostracised or um, might not be fully comfortable with their sexuality yet yeah, to exactly. actually just go, you know, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling accepted. I'm, my council, my community actually recognises who I am. Exactly. Now, you can view the draft of the action plan at mvcc.vic.org.au slash LGBTIQ and you can provide email you can provide feedback as well by emailing community at mvcc.vic.gov.au I want to thank uh, Deputy Mayor Cam Nation for joining us this morning um, thank you very much Cam it's been a delight and um, I'm really glad to see that local council is promoting um, LGBTIQ uh, concerns and uh, you know being part of the community it's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, thank yeah, it was you, a pleasure uh, to meet you. you. It was really lovely to have you. Thank you, Carly. Thank you, Mark. You're on Joy 94.9 in this little pot of joy with Alice and Andrea. Up next is CNC Drive Factory. Having heard the sponsor announcements on the airways of Joy 94.9, Chris and Cam were prompted into thinking that it was time for their big family power trip. It's been almost a year since hashtag Rosie Dog came into their lives, turning life upside down, wrecking their house and becoming their number one priority. Ah, children. Listen in as the boys discuss the incredibly positive and welcoming process they experienced after making their appointment at a special pet photography studio. And the results speak for themselves. It's a very cute interview. And again, you can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash CNC Drive Factory or download it for free from the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. CNC Drive Factory with Chris and Cam. You may have noticed that we do treasure our pooch, our four-legged child of non-human birth, Rosie Dog, hashtag, um, we decided that it was probably time to get that family portrait done. And uh, we've been hearing a little bit about that here on Joy. So uh, we, uh, we called up, we made an appointment, and we had a bit of an adventure, didn't we, Cam? We did. We made sure she was nice and clean. Well, no, no, no. Remember, we, oh, no, we went down before. We had, we had to have a pre 
pre-photo session meet time. Which is probably actually wise because anyone who knows, have we talked about Rosie Dog, knows when she meets people for the first time, she generally barks her head off at them. Mm. So, a lot. Uh, we went down to the photo studio, uh, met everybody down there. We got nice and familiar. It was very nice. It's a very well set up uh, place down there. They've got uh, uh, polished concrete floors, which means that dogs can make mess and drop hair. Which is fabulous for Rosie, because she not only left her hair there, she also drooled everywhere as well. Absolutely. And, you know, we went, we we had Rosie uh, all exploring through the photographic studio, uh, and uh, we decided on the props for the photo shoot. So, Couch. um, yeah. It's one of the, a chaise lounge, a sh- I think, is the proper a, a, term, isn't it? Absolutely. Now we had, uh, we also uh, wanted, we discussed what sort of photos we wanted. So we wanted some nice family shots, and we want, and we had to decide what Cam and I were going to be wearing as well. You know, we were going to dress up or whatever. So we went smart casual because mm-hmm. we were. They told us not to wear black because we were going to disappear into the black background if yes, we did that. Because we'd already decided that Rosie's beautiful white and brown colourings uh, would look great on a black background, so we couldn't wear black. On so. her red chaise lounge. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we, uh, we, we decided on a, a smart casual, nice light coloured T-shirt. I allowed, I, well, not allowed, I insisted Chris choose my <laughs> outfit for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, and she got really familiar with everything. She got friendly with all the staff and the photographer. And uh, I was amazed that she came around to them so quickly. Yeah, they were very, really very good. good doggy people, I think. So, as they are dog pho- photography specialists, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, we also had to t- talk about um, whether, what's, you know, do we want some candid shots? You know, um, does she play games? You know, and that sort of stuff. So, we wanted to try and get some shots with her playing tug of war because that's her favourite game. With her little octopuses, which, un- sadly enough, are meant to be indestructible. But I am going to have to buy another one soon because she's almost ripped the head off, I think, the fourth one now. <laughs> and so poor little Ava gets very distressed when she, see, yes, when she sees them because they have little heads and she rips them off. Ava gets real disturbed about this. You know, she's four, almost four. She gets disturbed when, you know, toys get, lose their heads. Yes, yes, even though she draws on hers. But uh, anyway, we, so we had to make sure that uh, we did take along the, uh, the toys when we do book in for the photography shoot. So we had to take the octopus and her tug-of-war rope as well. So uh, A lovely one that your mother made for yeah, us. Yeah, so we have to stack all that in the bag. And we made an appointment to go along to an actual photography session a few days later. Now, they booked us in. They said it takes three hours. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it's a big, big process. Now, last Tuesday, we did have an appointment with the Serious Dog Photography Organisation for Rosie's inaugural photo shoot. I know. I got a couple of hours off work. It was great. Yes. And uh, we have to say, it was such an amazing experience. Uh, we went in. We met uh, the owner, Stephen, uh, the studio photographer, Lindell, uh, Joanna as well. And uh, we 
how, were treated like royalty. Rosie was treated like absolute. It was more about Rosie. It was, was more about Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> it is an amazing environment. Uh, the whole studio is set up for puppies. Uh, concrete floors, uh, everything. Uh, dogs can sit on the couches. Uh, there's water, bowls everywhere. Obviously, the photographer's got a pocket full of snacks <laughs> and treats. Which, um, as per usual for Rosie, she spat on the floor. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, we popped into the photography studio and uh, started to go through the process. It was an enormous amount of fun. We uh, we started off just with some... Uh, we actually... Did we start off with the chaise shots? We did, didn't we? So we put this beautiful red leather chaise in, on the black uh, background in the photography studio and uh, started to get Rosie to sit up there. She popped down again. She got up again. She popped down again. You know, we sat on there with her. <laughs> uh, but the photographer persisted. She got into all kinds of different positions. Have to say, one of the photos that we've ended up uh, choosing for ourselves is Rosie looking absolutely magnificent on this red leather chaise. She's sitting, legs extended, looking up, head up, nice and proud, tails in the air. She looks amazing. She is very pretty, and they did bring out the best of her prettiness. Absolutely. Um, that. Uh, Lyndall and uh, Joanna were just amazing with Rosal, Rosie. Uh, Lyndall, um, with a photographer that we had, was like she just treated Rosie the way we treat her, which is like a person. And um, what else? What else? We had, we had we played tug of war with Rosie. Got the fight shots. Got the jumping shots. Got a great shot with her actually in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's right outstretched, which makes her about six foot tall. Yeah, she was taller than me in that. And yeah. she's off the ground. Yeah, so she's got a bit of power about her. So with the black background and everything, we also got down on the floor with us. So Cam and I uh, got down on the floor with her. And, and uh, so we did the whole family portrait shots, which uh, turned out very nice. There's a beautiful shot uh, that we've chosen for ourselves where Rosie's got her paw on my hand. So it looks like she's holding, you know, looking after me. Which <laughs> she does, yes. And she's got a big smiley face on. Cannot recommend uh, this experience enough. If you've got puppies and uh, you want that great photo for the wall um, and, and to, you know, because they are part of the family, I would uh, highly recommend you sharing uh, this type of experience because it was so much fun. And then, and great photos. Absolutely great photos. We've taken if you want to see uh, some of the examples of the photos, uh, they are actually up on the Joy website. Go to joy.org.au. Scroll on down, you'll see uh, station uh, events. And uh, it's all under Rosie's Big Adventure. There's just a couple of examples of the photos that they took, and uh, it is amazing. And you can find all the information there about how you could do a similar um, exercise. And my favourite, I will point out, is the one where it looks like she's licking her nose, but it was actually the end of a massive yawn <laughs> with the tongue up above her nose. Absolutely. So check it out. Have a look. Let us know what you think. Yeah. They're Joy- all also on the uh, Joy Facebook page as well. Ah, okay. So joy.org.au. Check out the station highlights in the uh, in there. You'll, you won't, can't miss the pictures. Rosie's Big Adventure. Bring joy to the world. Listen to us everywhere. Download the Joy smartphone app now at joy.org.au.
Well, that was a fantastic podcast from Chris and Cam, CNC Dryer Factory. Pets form such an important part of our lives, particularly members of the rainbow community. Absolutely. And um, you were just telling me before, weren't you, Andrea, that you're a bit of a dog person. Is that right? Yeah, I've always been a dog person, but I could never make up my mind between a dog or a cat, so we settled on chow chows. Chow chows are not quite a dog. They have more of a cat personality. They actually own you. You don't own them. They'll tell you what they want to do. Yes, that's very relatable. I have a cat myself. He's a big, fat cat, and he walks all over me constantly. And a cat or a dog or any pet can be a big part of your family, so it's really understandable why Cam and Chris wanted to get a family portrait with hashtag Rosie Dog. Our pets form such an important part of our lives. They're there unquestioningly. They never pass judgment, and they're always there wagging their tails. Sometimes I do think my cat is part passing judgment on me but you're right he can't say anything about it so it's okay you've been listening to a little pot of joy with alice and andrea you've been listening to a little pot of joy the podcast program see joy.org.au and click on our podcast link to subscribe to your favorite podcasts free thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.